Welcome to F's Given, a very special live podcast from us. Ooh, yeah. Clapping on my own, guys. Hey! Welcome to Fucks Given. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And we are on a mission to revolutionize the sex space, break down barriers, and give the lowdown on all things sexy. Every week, we will welcome a special guest to share with us their juicy details about their best fucks, worst fucks, or even the fucks that changed them. And we'll also hear your guys' sex questions and your worst sex stories. We're all about celebrating your sex. We're removing the stigma around the whole number bullshit. No matter how many people you've slept with, the number never matters because the fucks given are the fucks that made us. Thank you for all joining us. This is going to be very different to how we normally do our F's Given podcast. We are going to try our best not to have any interesting language, let's say. So my apologies <laughs> if anything slips out. Um, we have the wonderful Callum here. Please tell us who you are and why you're here today. Hello, my name is Callum McSwigan and I have an LGBT plus YouTube channel where I talk about a lot of sex and relationships. Why you've invited me here today, I don't know, you tell me. I mean, pretty perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You are perfect for this and we're so thrilled to have you on. We, if anybody doesn't know, Florence and I, uh, my name's Reed as well, we are Come Curious. We are a sex positive, Mm -hmm. body positive, mental health movement. We're not even just a blog anymore. Movement, we like to say. So we're here to talk about all things sex. Can I even say that? I think think you can say sex. I can say sex. say sex. Sex is okay. I'd been worried about this for a long time. (laughs) If anyone knows our podcast, we use a lot of vulgar language. So... Yeah, yeah. Trying well, to because, be good because we're at VidCon today, and the audience is slightly li- slightly younger. We did want to sort of t- um, the subjects are going to be a little bit more sex education um, targeted towards younger people, which is such an important conversation to be having. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Uh, we, I mean, our main protocol call is targeting people who are young and unsure about their sexualities, have loads of questions, especially because sex education in this day and age is awful. And we're still trying to get it better, especially worldwide. We are trying to change everybody's mind with how we talk about sex, how we process it. And often or not, it's just, yeah, having a good old chin wag about it, finding out what other people do and not thinking yourself so weird. It's all about talking openly about sex, which kind of leads us on to our first question for Callum, which is, what do you think about numbers and the stigma surrounding how many people you've slept with? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, my number's quite high, so, you know. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think it can go both ways because I think, I almost think there's almost like a little bit of misogyny when it comes to this as well. Like, there's a big divide between the number of people women are allowed, in inverted commas, to have sex with, and the number of people men are. And I think a lot of time, especially when growing up, the number of people that a man has uh, has had sex with is almost like it's rooted, it's connected to their masculinity. Mm -hmm. It's It's connected to their self-worth. Whereas I think it often goes the other way with women. It's Mm -hmm. somehow the more people you sleep with, the less valuable you are, the less your worth is. And I think it's 
it's, it's an issue. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people you've slept with, whether it's a lot or a little, mm -hmm. one person, 3,000 people, you know, just live your life. Exactly. Yeah. We, we're big believers in whatever your number is, whether it's zero and you're proud or it's a thousand. Be proud of your number and who you are because that's so important. You can have sex with as many people or as little people as you like. It's your sexuality. It's your sex, guys. <laughs> it's all yours. Nobody else is to judge. I, are you allowed to point? Uh, you oh, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Hold on. Uh, uh, this is this is going to be hard, guys. A challenge. A healthy listen, challenge. Yeah, if you listen to um, F's, F's given, given. before, um, you'll know that it does get a little raunchy. Salsy. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking about slightly different things. Um, we're going to be talking about puberty, the first time, coming out, and advice that you would give your younger self. So let's move on to puberty. Uh, tell me a bit about your, I was going to say pubic region. That is not what I mean. <laughs> your, I mean, your I can. experience with puberty. I, I, I went into it like really, really young. Like, you? I, I think they say that girls can go into puberty at like around from nine onwards. Yeah, it can right? be really early. Yeah. I swear I was in puberty at like eight. As yeah. a boy. Wow. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I remember I got pubic hair very, very young when I was in like primary school. Um, and I was having, er can I say erections? Yeah. yeah. Um, erections are, I think, a medical word. I, okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was getting erections and things, and I was definitely masturbating at a very young age. Um, so I went into it very early, and I think. At first, I was just like, oh, this is a fun thing to do. And I didn't think there was no shame attached to it because I oh, didn't know what it was. I think before society actually tells you that, oh, you're supposed to be ashamed of this thing. I don't think that shame comes from inside ourselves. I think it's like an outward thing that comes from other people. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in like primary school and sitting. I specifically remember this to this day, sitting around in the like lunch canteen, eating lunch with a load of my like eight year old friends. And I started like talking about like some quite graphically sexual things that I was doing because I just thought, oh, this is a fun thing. Like yeah. I really enjoy doing this thing. And it was their reactions that for the first time in my life made me go, oh, right. Maybe, maybe this isn't something I'm supposed to tell people. Maybe yeah. this is something I'm supposed to keep private. Maybe this is something I'm supposed to be ashamed about, you know, and I think that that shame came from there and it kind of stemmed and, and, and grew and grew from there. And so... I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I went into puberty so early, but I, I did. It's so normal. I mean, we all go into, we can go into puberty for the ages of, yeah, like eight to, could be as late as, what, 19? People yeah. can still be going through their pubic waves. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a, like almost like, I don't want to say an issue, but there's definitely, you know, people are afraid to talk about sex education, especially when it comes to younger people. But I definitely think we can start educating people about sex from a very young age. And yeah, I'm not saying we have to talk about like extremely graphic things to like really young kids, but we can, we can break it down. Uh, I think I was saying to you guys earlier that I think it's fine to be talking to like a three-year-old, four-year-old about this is your penis, this is your vulva, you know, the, these are your body parts. And I think it's fine for a child to know those things. Absolutely. And I think it, it's almost like on a sliding scale. As they age, you can tell them more and more things. But you should really be telling them those things before they're hitting them. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's no yeah. good telling a girl about her period once she's already on it. It's no good telling a boy what masturbation is yeah. when he's already doing it. Mm -hmm. it's, no, it's no good telling people how to use a condom when they've already been having unprotected sex for two years. 
Sex education should start at an early age. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do it over in, in the Scandinavian countries and they do start teaching sex ed at the ages of three and four. And it's it's proven over and over again that it's it's been really detrimental to their mental health when it comes to sex. They feel more confident and they know what consent is. It Obviously, the content does matter. You're not going to be talking about necessarily graphic things that we might experience when they're older, but absolutely the puberty and genitals and what makes a baby that's important for children to learn yeah and like how your body body changes as well because i mean i think that's what shocks most people when they're going through puberty it's just like all these new things that are happening with your body all your hormones are changing you're suddenly like what what's happening to mm. me? so embarrassed about it and no one told me it was okay to get boobs or pubes or, or any of that i remember being so frightened and oh my god i look so weird and different to everyone that was because my school didn't tell me that everybody looks different everyone yeah. has different breasts and hair growing from different places and it's all normal we just all we thought we were just weird and one of a kind and we weren't everyone was in that same uncomfortable embarrassed boat together mm. and that's something we're hoping to change yeah and everyone goes through it at like different times as well so I felt like there was quite a lot of stigma attached to sort of like when you're doing sports sports day or something at school and you're in the changing room together and like some girls would have boobs and some would still be in those little like weird little training bra vests yeah and <laughs> He'd just be like, oh, God, like really embarrassed. I remember I used to wear like a little Snoopy one and um, the other girls in the changing room laughed at me. Oh, oh that's not that's fair. Not and that's, nice. that's only because they don't know themselves. You know, yeah. we, we laugh at things that we're unsure about and uncomfortable with only as a sense of, it's a coping mechanism. So if you've ever laughed at anybody, don't blame yourself for that. It's just because you weren't sure as well. Yeah. I'm sure we've all done that. I remember being like naked and very young doing, uh, getting changed for swimming. And as soon as I started growing hair, then I was like, I don't want anybody to look at this. Mm. I'm weird, I'm wrong. I have to stop having baths with my sister. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And it, 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 I wish someone had just said, oh yeah, that's normal, that's gonna happen. And everyone goes through that. I was mortified by my pubic hair. I remember <laughs> going swimming <laughs> yeah. again yeah. with like my class because we didn't have like a situation where in PE, we didn't like use locker rooms and get naked and stuff. So going swimming was like the first time I was like seeing other boys naked. And I kind of just assumed that everyone else had the same pubic hair that I did. Yeah. And then everybody's pulling off their underwear and I'm like, oh God, like I'm some like weird Sasquatch creature <laughs> over here. Um, and I, I, you know, I was so embarrassed about that. And then obviously everyone else did start kind of um, growing pubic hair and things. And I think then there was almost like a shame directed at the people who weren't. Yeah, So it was absolutely. like either way, you, you, you can't win. I was a late bloomer. I remember that my sister ended up getting, she's two years younger than me, getting her period before I did. And I was like, really? I don't know why. What's happened? What am I doing wrong? And it was, that's just normal. That's just the way of life. Um, I wish someone had told me that. I was kind of jealous. I was like, you got your period first? As soon as mine came, I was like, you can have it back. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> this is horrible. How, how old are you when you got your period? I was must have been quite late, like maybe 14, 15. Uh, and I, I remember one of, one of my friends was nine when she got hers. So I really oh, wow. thought I was uh, very different in that sense, yeah. especially yeah. there's a whole stigma around age. And we're not told properly that you can be super young or you can be a lot older and yeah. that's just fine. Yeah, I think girls as well uh, quite often just learn about their periods when they get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one tells you. It's just suddenly, I'm dealing with this now. This is happening now. Like, why is there blood in my knickers? Yeah. This like, this is wrong. Am I dying? You feel like you're being punished. 
Yes. <laughs> there's that famous scene in Carrie. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie where she gets her period for the first um, time, and she's she's. I think she gets it quite late, and she's mm. kind of in the she's in the shower in the locker room, and she she starts bleeding, and she's she's terrified. She's horrified about what's happening to her body, mm. and I can see that being a very real thing. I certainly wouldn't want to be a girl growing up and experiencing that for the first time, and going, I have no idea what's this. Like, am I dying? Yeah, am definitely. I literally dying? That just goes to show what we're lacking in sex education. You know, mm -hmm. sex education saves lives. It saves people's mental health and happiness in the future. Actually, even just when they're going through it, it's so important. Yeah. Which leads us on to our next uh, topic, which is first time. Ah. So let's talk to you about your first time. Oh, my first time is was the, there was there wasn't just one gentleman involved. There were two. Way hey. And what? <laughs> what? I think that uh, somebody opened the door as I said that, and then decided to leave. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and like I didn't really know. I, I I think like a lot of teenagers, I thought by the time that I was having sex for the first time that I knew it all. You know, I was I was a bit cocky, I was a bit arrogant about it, and, and, and kind of going into it, I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then you kind of get there and go, oh no, this is completely different when you're actually doing it. This is completely different to what you might see in adult videos online. This is completely different to the conversations that I've had. In, with the schoolmates or in sex education. I think actually being there and doing it for the first time is something very different, especially when there's two people involved instead of one. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thrown in the deep end I'm not there. prepared for that now, let alone like, when I was a teenager. I, I spent a lot of time waiting, you know, so I was like, well, let's have two at once. <laughs> two at once. <laughs> but I think waiting's also a, a great opportunity for your virginity. I remember my mum said, you can lose your virginity at whatever age you want. You know, make sure you feel ready for it. And a lot of people don't know that that's a possibility. A lot of people get told by the parents, you have to wait till you're 18 or you have to wait till a certain age. And I don't think that should be right. I think it should be when you do feel ready for it. When you get to a point, you're like, I think I, think I can do this now. Otherwise, there's a lot of shame and fear that you've lost it before your parents would be okay with. Mm -hmm. um, what age were you? I was 16. 16, cool. Yes. I, I have a bit of an issue with like virginity as a concept. Mm. Um, I, you know, obviously I think it's, it, it is something that you can cherish, you know, the first time you have sex. If you want, if you want that to be a special thing, then absolutely you can do that and all, all, more, all the more power to you. But I just think it's this idea of, oh, we have to lose it or we don't want to lose it. It's like we're somehow more or less valuable whether or not we lose this thing, but you're not losing anything. It's not a, it's not a real thing. You know, virginity is just your, it's just the first time you're doing something. We don't talk about like losing, our, I don't know, watching Netflix virginity. That's a really <laughs> yeah. bad example. But you know what I mean? Like, we like don't, kissing virginity. Yeah, we mm. don't put so much emphasis and pressure around other things. So I don't know why we do with sex. It doesn't have to be the yeah. biggest deal of your life if you don't want it to be. Yeah, because it really puts it on like a pedestal, doesn't mm. it? Like, wow, this is something you really need to be prepared for. I mean, you do need to be prepared for it in, in certain ways, but it kind of just like, um, it builds it up so much that people get so nervous and it just becomes like a really scary thing. And it's terrifying. be scary. And it's, it's so huge in school as well. Everyone's finding out if you're losing it or not. And if you haven't, they're like, oh, I wonder when. Uh, you have your group of friends. You're like, who's going to lose it first? And it shouldn't really be that. It should just be any kind of sexual experience should be appreciated and applauded, especially because they're all very important for who we become in the future. Not even who we become, but they're, they're sort of like the stepping stones on how we treat sex. 
-hmm. I mean, I want to know more about this first time. <laughs> can you go into some... Well, I f I'm not sure how much I can and can't say in this room. Like, how were you nervous? Were you were you frightened? Was it easy? I was excited. Is, is, what, I, is, what, is, is what I was. Um, no, but one thing I do want to talk about is 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 pain when it comes to sex because yes. I think when a lot of people talk about losing their virginity, mm -hmm. they speak about it as a very painful process. And I do think it's important to acknowledge that yes, there can be pain, especially if you're not e experienced or don't know what you're doing. But at the same time, I just really want to emphasize this. And I say it whenever I get the opportunity, it does not have to hurt. It doesn't have to hurt if it's your, even if it's your first time, it mm -hmm. doesn't have to hurt if it's anal sex. I don't know if I can say anal sex, but I am. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, do, it, it does not have to hurt and my first time didn't hurt because we took it very very slowly and yeah there was I have had painful sex but my first time wasn't painful and it doesn't That's have to so be painful good. That is really and that means you had complete trust with the people that you were having fun with a lot of the time when it comes to pain with sex people feel like they can't say anything because it's going to kill the mood yeah. or ruin the situation that they're in I mean for for women especially it, it doesn't have to hurt it, it can be uncomfortable mm. but it doesn't have to be painful and traumatic and blood everywhere it, it can be quite beautiful and romantic yeah. as long as you go slow and there's a lot of especially we, we have a problem, we can have a problem with self-lubrication because with fear, you can get problems with lubrication. Definitely. Um, if you're Use with lube. a partner where you feel comfortable with, using lube is a great idea. You know, there's no problems there like with, well, with trying to, can't go too graphic, trying to <laughs> <laughs> uh, get, get things going. I th I, 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 I genuinely think it's it's the fear. It's people thinking it's going to hurt that makes it hurt. Yeah, you know, well, it's if you, like if you um, just lose that fear and relax, then I yeah, think it's a lot better. It's, the relaxation is such a big part of it, isn't it? Because if you're nervous, you sort of tense up, and then all parts of your body are going to tense up, even your genitals. Mm -hmm. So if you're relaxed into the situation, you have like you've done foreplay before, you're relaxed with the person that you're with, you trust them, then you can ease yourself into the situation a lot better. Yeah. 100%. Feeling confident about your body is also so important. Mm -hmm. If if you're feeling nervous about showing off any part of you, then you are going to tense up. There's something called vaginismus as well, which is often yep. not with trauma when it comes to either mental or physical sex where you do physically close yourself up and that can be really problematic for women of all ages and they think that they're doing something wrong in bed when actually it's just something that needs to be unlocked in their brains to show them that they can have a good time i mean therapy is great for that we're huge advocates of therapy we love it <laughs> i love it <laughs> on to the next section which is your coming out story oh uh, yeah okay how do you want me to approach this <laughs> oh i mean i want it to go juicy and deep but i, I don't think we can have that when uh, when when i came out um there was this thing called msn do you remember msn yeah <laughs> Uh, that was so cool. <laughs> so my my parents actually moved abroad when I was sixteen. Uh, so I actually came out to my mum over MSN Messenger. Oh which, wow! If I'm honest, it, it felt like a bit of a cop out, you know, because everyone else, you know, when I talk about coming out with people, they're always like, "Yeah, I had this like really heartwarming sit down with my family, and there was tears." And it's like, you know, that scene in Love Simon, which is like so yeah. emotional. It's like you can breathe now, Simon. <laughs> and it's beautiful. 
my mum was just like, K lol on MSN. <laughs> like, you know, like, I didn't have that big dramatic moment. But, I, but you know, I think it's, 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 it's almost great that it doesn't have to be a big deal It shouldn't anymore. have to be. You know, people who are straight don't have to come out to their parents. So they say that in Love, Simon. Could you imagine if straight people are like, sorry, um, I'm straight. Like, oh, God, <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, anyone that has to come out to their parents, they have a, a huge emotional and a lot of a stigma around it saying that you have to come out. It has to be this huge, big deal. And it's, it's quite nice that you didn't necessarily have that experience. It was quite like easy flowing but yeah there was no there was no drama or anything really which was which was quite lovely and I also did the thing which I know is mildly problematic but with my friends I, I did the whole saying that I was bisexual as a stepping stone and oh. I do not recommend people do that because I think it kind of can contribute to like bi erasure and mm -hmm. things but at the same time it really helped me to kind of like come out slowly so I'm kind of in two minds I'm kind of divided yeah. about whether or not how did you come out to your friends then was that a lot sooner than you came out to your I friends? actually moved school so I went on to a sixth form at the same time that I was starting to realize that I was gay and that kind of gave me a really really good opportunity because I was making new friends for the first time so it was never like oh you've always known me as straight Callum well guess what <laughs> surprise <laughs> instead it was like hey new friend and i'd be like i'm i'm gay and they're like cool nice to meet you too what's your name yeah. <laughs> oh, like so i'm gay <laughs> that must have been really challenging but also quite exciting for you it was an exciting time and i think i had just i mean i came out in a flourish of rainbow colors and glitter it was a, it was a little bit amazing much, i'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you i think i had held it in for so long and i was trying to be this really kind of straight i, I used to wear all black i mean look at me today i'm in pink um <laughs> i used to wear all black and i was like very reserved and kept to myself and used to like try and speak in a deep voice which I can't do but I tried um so then when I finally came out it was like I've been holding this in for 16 years so it's it's coming out and it's coming out hard and it, wow. I think it took me a few years to kind of go okay now I'm gonna relax into this and like actually realize who I am rather than trying to be you know someone I'd seen on Will and Grace yeah what would you do you have any advice for allies and like how people can support um people that are coming out I think, and this is going to sound like completely contradictory to what I've just said, <laughs> is that don't do the thing. I think a lot of people now are like, oh, yeah, we support LGBT plus people. So if someone comes out to me, I'm just going to be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, actually, don't do that. I think mm. you need to, you don't want to make a huge deal out of it, but you also don't want to make no deal out of it because mm. I think that person may have been building up the courage to tell you that for years and if you just kind of go, cool, or never say, I already knew. Don't yeah. ever say, I already I knew. Even so if you did, like, don't say that. Just be as supportive as possible. Like, be excited for them. Like, oh, my God, congratulations. That's amazing. And then kind of gauge what they want. Do you want to talk about it? Like, do you want me to throw you a party? Like, wh what do you want, you know? <laughs> coming out party should be a idea. thing. That coming yeah. out cards exists now. Congratulations, you're gay. Like, oh, that's so cute. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I wish I did. Yeah, I would have loved that. That's incredible. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you. It should be the same. When I was coming out with m to my parents, there was never a sit-down chat. It was always just, oh, yeah, that guy on the TV is really fit, and that girl on the TV is really fit, and, oh, that other person's really fit as well, and I have uh, no idea what sexuality <laughs> they are. Like, I enjoyed it all. It, shouldn't, it should be what you want it to be. If you want it to be a big moment, then, then you should have maybe the support network that can help you make it a big moment or just be chill and cool about it. Yeah, 100%.
Do you, uh, did you ever like have any awkward moments around it that you wish you could change in some sort of way? What, about my like coming out mm. process? I think it just would have helped me if I had more role models, I think. Yeah. Because me coming out as gay, I actually had just met the first... I'd never, I'd never met another gay person, which sounds insane, but I was, I was 16 years old and I'd never met another gay person. And it was meeting another boy who was also 16 years old who had just come out himself that kind of gave me the courage to do it. And I think the whole process would have been so much easier if I just had more role models. Mm. And, you know, we often talk about, like, the importance of LGBT plus representation in movies and books and things like that. But actually, real-life representation matters too. Mm. And I think if I had had... I probably did have gay teachers, but they weren't allowed to tell me that they were gay. Of course, And that's yeah. ridiculous. Madness. You know, like, I needed real-life role models, whether that was an uncle, a friend of the family, a neighbour, a teacher, a, a doctor, like anyone. I just needed to see another LGBT plus person, another gay man, to be more specific. And successful and happy. Yeah, well. exactly. So I could go, oh, okay, like, this is a valid thing. Like, I remember as a teenager, I used to sit there and be like, how am I going to have sex with a woman? Because I wasn't going, oh, I'm going to be able to come out one day and be gay. I was going, okay, so... I like men and I want to have sex with men, but that's not allowed. So I have to, mm. I'm going to have to pretend I'm going to have to marry a woman. And I remember being like 14 years old, like trying to, I remember like masturbating and trying to think about women, like trying to make it work so that I would be able to have sex with a woman and lie to this woman that I was going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. Oh, no. Like genuinely, because there was nobody going, Callum, I'm, I'm gay and, and, and this is allowed. Yeah, you, and you it's can okay. You this as well. Um, I actually worked as a teacher for myself for a little while. And it was in Italy where they are a little more conservative um, mm -hmm. than they are here. And I was told by, like, the head teachers in the school and everything, like, it's fine that you're gay, but you cannot tell your students. And they would constantly ask me about That's it. Do you have crazy. a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? <gasps> so eventually I told them and me telling them, like one of my students ended up coming out to me. Like Aww. it's so important. And we keep telling people, oh, don't, don't tell that child over there that you're gay. No, do, because that might be everything that they need to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. What's that? What do you think's going to happen? Your teacher tells you you're gay and then they're all going to be gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, literally. Is that the like... fear? <laughs> it's, un it's unreal. And the fact that you help somebody come out is so important. That probably changed that kid's life forever. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. I was really lucky because I grew up in Brighton and obviously that's like the most open place ever for that sort of thing. So yeah. I never really felt like um, that people had like those awkward moments there. And I, th I just wish that that could be the rest of the country as well. Completely yeah. agree. And like the thing is as well, like people seem to think that LGBT plus people is this little quiet, hidden away sect. And it's like, no, every time you get on the bus, you are surrounded by LGBT plus people. Yeah. You know, we just don't realize it. And, and so often it's because we're told to be quiet about it, especially around kids. Definitely. We are in a little um, modern bubble, especially in London, because you think, oh, everyone's just LGBTQ happy and, and it's all all right. But mm. just completely forgetting the rest of the, wor the world and how backwards it is and how, how it keeps changing and... And, you know, it might even get worse rather than better. We, we've got no idea. I mean, I feel so lucky that we ha we're in a city and in a country where it's, it's accepted or getting accepted. I mean, let alone the rest of the world. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be gay in a country where it's still illegal. 
Yeah, I yeah. think that's why the internet is so important because it gives everyone a platform and everyone can find the internet. So everyone can find people's voices. So it's just like, you have to put, like you have to be proud and you have to put your voice out there because it will help so many people. That's, that's what I love about the like online LGBT plus community. So much of the time now, it's like you, I'll get like a 14-year-old tweet me and they're just living in some small town somewhere where they've never met another LGBT plus person. They think they're the only person in the world. And then they hop on Twitter and it's like, oh, everyone's gay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world is gay. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, well, that's was, incredible. So, sorry to interrupt you. It's just, uh, but like when I was in school as well, I was like, I am the only gay kid in school. And then, like, I went on Facebook, like, six months ago. I was like, let's look up some of my old classmates. And it was like, gay, gay, <laughs> lesbian, <laughs> trans. Like, it was like, oh, we were all LGBT+. We were all just oh. being quiet about it. Nobody, yeah. None of us were speaking about it. Yeah, it's such a shame that that happens. It's, I wish that we could talk about it more. And hopefully, sex education positively moving in the way it is. And hopefully, yeah. we will be able to talk about it more. As, as easy as we can, like, maths. <laughs> one day <laughs> do you have any advice for people that are coming out um i think find a support network and i know that's really difficult when you've told nobody but i'm hoping there will be whether it's somebody online or you know another person who has expressed an interest in lgbt plus people they don't have to be lgbt plus themselves i think build a little support network first and it, even if you don't have anyone if you can't find anyone online or any friends or anything you know then there are support services available there's like switchboard which is an amazing helpline which anyone can call and have a chat to like-minded lgbt plus people and get advice and i think at the absolute minimum that is there for you because i think the last thing you want to do is come out to your parents and i mean god forbid this ever happens but the last thing you want to do is come out to your parents and then be like right we're not supporting you you know there, there have been kids made homeless and things like yeah, that because their parents down. hasn't supported them so i would always recommend trying to find at least some kind of support network before yeah. you do that and you know it's it's likely going to be your most trusted friend your best friend or somebody like that who you know will have your back and you know that they won't care that you're lgbt plus and then it's about you know nobody goes nobody gets on stage and gets all the people they know in a room and goes hello everyone i'm gay like it's it's a <laughs> gradual process and it never ends you know like you come out every time you meet a new person like I still like I walk in a room and I'm like covered in rainbows and glitter and I'm like wearing a mesh top and little hot pants and then somebody's <laughs> like oh so do you have a girlfriend I'm like are you blind <laughs> so you know we, we're constantly coming out it's 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 a process that goes on throughout our entire life and you know it's just about taking that first step mm -hmm. and some great advice Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> try. So our last section is um, all about advice that you would give your younger self, sex advice that you'd give your younger self. Do you have any? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, sex advice I'd give my younger self. That, no, you're not weird because you got hair on your nipples. Oh, for a long time, I thought my boobs were the weirdest thing. It's like, you can look at my vagina any day, but you can't look at my breasts. For some reason, there was something I was really hung up about my boobs. Now, I love them. They're the best asset of mine. I'm all about getting naked in front of people and enjoy my body as much as I do. But... I just remember, I think even having sex for the first time, keeping my bra on and being so ashamed that anyone might even look at my boobs. I think I'd definitely tell my, myself that I have great boobies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they all look different. Everybody's boobs look different. And no matter how 
misshapen or hairy they might be or you know they've got different nipples love your own boobs because if you love your own boobs other people will love your boobs yeah. too it's confidence is more sexy than conventional beauty be confident about everything that you have because that's yeah. damn sexy yeah and nipple hair is normal by the way so normal as well as pubes down your thighs completely normal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, me? Uh, I think I would tell my younger self to stop being ashamed about every yeah. little thing that excites me. You know, I think some of the things that I like are pretty out there. But then, like, I feel like we all have, like, these things that I, I would tell you right now what they were, but I think we would get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, but I think as a teenager and even like into my early 20s there were so many things that I really liked and really turned me on and I thought I was so weird I thought I was messed up yeah like screwed in the head wrong mm. with me like oh god what happened to me to make me like these things it's like no it's completely normal whatever you like you like and that's allowed and it's valid and I just wish somebody had told me that because I think it's seeing other people who are so open and confident about saying what they like. That's what gave me the permission to be like, oh, I like that thing too. Is that, is that allowed? Is that cool now? That's like, great. I don't have to be embarrassed about this anymore. Great. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think, yeah, just let go of all that shame because be proud of what you're into. Like all our little kinks and... Absolutely. The weirder, the better. The weirder, the better. The only thing I wish someone taught me when I was that young to delete my history on the family computer. <laughs> my <laughs> poor mum must have been horrified. She must have thought, like, I've created a monster. It's like, no, mum, I just like weird stuff. Like, it's cool. I, I remember my mum sitting me down and being that there had been porn on the family computer and, and she sat me down and she was like, now it's okay to look at these things. And, and, and these things were like all these naked women. And I was like, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Like I almost outed myself just to like, that, was that like me? wasn't me. Wasn't me. Definitely so my weird. brother. Definitely yeah. my brother. Weirdly, like <laughs> I got, um, when I was, I think I was 13 and I had this email address, which, which was, xx flory xx and i think the x's um put me in some weird sphere for yeah they'll do that strange <laughs> email. so i remember getting this email which was this like anime porn and i was so scared of what i saw i, I didn't tell anyone oh no it's horrible time i told anyone about this was probably in my 20s and it Which must have just crazy. frightened you, just like what is out there on the yeah, internet. Yeah, and I just had this email address, and I, they kept being, they kept sending me these emails, <laughs> and I'd open them up, and there was like a bunny rabbit with like come over themselves, and I was just like, what is this? <laughs> what is happening? What is this? What I mean, is that, that email should have been sent to me. That sounds great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but it's, it's just such a shame that it, well, you felt shame and that you couldn't talk to anyone, and nobody could say. Oh, yeah, that's just some weird, like, hentai anime sphere that people are into. Yeah. And, and it's okay to be into that, but it's okay not to be into that. Mm -hmm. That's such a shame you didn't have anyone to talk to. I know. I think, like, shame is such a big part of sex. And it Absolutely. just sh should not be. I remember uh, also another thing I was going to say was I, if I would tell my younger self not to be ashamed of, like, things that happen by accident as well. Like, when I was 16, I had my first one-night stand and the condom broke and I had to get the morning after pill. And I was so ashamed. I don't, and then I didn't have sex again for, like, a couple of years. Blimey. 
That's not fair. That's not fair that anyone should make you feel shame like that, especially just over a normal accident that can happen, you know, when you're older and more experienced. My mum was really angry at me as well. Oh, that never told her. I was so scared. I think I was like shaking. I was so scared that I had to go and get this morning after pill. And also the guy, by the way, did not help the situation at all. He just like left his house and he never contacted me again. Oh, that's traumatic. I I, I once knew this guy um, and he lost his virginity at 18 when he was still um, living with his parents and he managed to contract HIV <gasps> on his first time on ever having sex. first time. And they used a condom. It was because it split. Oh. Um, and when he told his parents about that, he had to out himself. Of course. And yeah. they actually kicked him out and made him homeless <gasps> because of that. On and top of that. he carried so much shame because of that and the amount of people that would slut shame him and things they would see that he was HIV positive and assume that he was a there's nothing wrong with being am I allowed to say that word or well, um, slut shaming slut. yeah um th- th- there was you know th- th- you you should be allowed to be a slut if you want to be but it, like so many people made this assumption about him um or even worse like a, like a drug drug user because a lot of yeah. HIV was revolved or you know you think about drugs or homosexuality because that's what was shoved down our throats at, at, during sex 100%. education mm. and that's that's so unfortunate especially when it's such a normal occurrence like a condom spitting happens yeah. and that that yeah. I mean that's happened to me so many times you just have to I mean it's just so unfortunate that that happened to 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 your friend mm-hmm. yeah an absolute nightmare So we have some advice as well from some of our listeners, which I am going to read out. This is on the DM on Instagram. Follow us, come curious, guys, if you're not already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this one is, masturbation is good for you. Just do it. Was that right. a question? Do we applaud them? No, it's or not like a question. Oh, it's just it's advice. people giving I agree. The, their younger selves advice. Okay, I'm back in the room now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like some people do feel ashamed to masturbate. Mm. Hugely, especially if you're, well, if you're brought up in a house where they don't talk about masturbation so freely or especially if it's, it's bad and it's wrong to do. I mean, I, I was very lucky in my house, but I know that it got to a point when I was sleeping in the same room as my sisters. I shouldn't really be touching myself in that way because my sister's there, but I did it anyway because it felt good. I was very lucky when I went up to the, had my own room. But masturbation yeah. is good. It's great. This is it makes it you is. feel get it get her. It makes <laughs> you feel good. It makes you feel better. It releases endorphins. Mm-hmm. And it's not just female masturbation. Male masturbation is also important. And there's a huge way up between, you know, oh, women never masturbate and they and men for it's almost like a joke for men to masturbate. It always has been in in, yeah, in the media. movies and media and ha ha ha, he got hard on. And that's completely wrong. Like men should enjoy pleasure too. And it, it's just it's just as equal all sexualities should enjoy pleasure any kind of pleasure yeah um this one is not to stress about losing your virginity it happens and it's never amazing but sometimes it can be amazing i mean <laughs> I, I mean yeah in theory sometimes but like i don't know anyone whose first time was like amazing was i it mean the, you said that yours i said there was two people that didn't say it's good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, amazing. You think of the first time as all like magical and the stars yeah. open and like you see the light. But <laughs> it just never happens like that. It's kind of just like an awkward like yeah. moving thing. You're like, is it over? It's done. Okay, I've lost it now. 
yeah it I comes was, with practice yeah, yeah i was so stressed about it, like so stressed about you losing my virginity I'd, i think i'd i'd wanted it to do it for like a couple of years before and i was always just like really wanting it to happen and the boyfriend i had at the time was very standoffish about it as well um so i was just getting increasingly frustrated and then when it happened it yeah there, there definitely weren't fireworks yeah it was a bit fumbly awkward it was like it weird being naked with another person and more like a sparkler sweaty. than a firework <laughs> <laughs> yeah a it's like sparkler. one that just goes out yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like <laughs> I, I, I think that's great though <laughs> sparkler you don't have to set your mind to anything. Go with the flow and you might end up loving it. I guess that's for like... If I, anything sexual? Yeah, uh, I, I just think I think a lot of the time we can go into sex, like especially if it's somebody like that, or maybe we've, we've wanted to get with this person for a long time or mm. maybe that we've want, been wanting to try this new thing with them and then you kind of play it out in your mind. I know that I do over and over and over and over again. Where's but the like, fantasy? <laughs> in, your, in your mind, the fantasy can go perfectly and exactly how you want. You yeah. get to meet in person and it's your expectations are not necessarily met. Yeah, so you might like, okay, so like, oh, I'm going to picture it being like, oh, there's going to be candles everywhere and nice music yeah. and then we're going to be like rolling around in linen bed sheets. And then it comes to reality and you're on like the kitchen counter and like you have to push the blender out the way yeah. to make more room. And it's really cold and you're slightly sweaty. Yeah, and it's like just like... A bit messy. I think fantasy is fine, but like just be careful with your expectations. Leave, yeah. it, as, leave it as a fantasy. Yeah. Okay, this one is, having a one-night stand doesn't make you a disgusting slut. This is true. So very true. One-night stands are great. They're, even if they're not necessarily the time that you were looking for, it's still such a, an incredible learning curve. Mm -hmm. And you learn about yourself and you learn about other people, even if it's been like a great experience or not so much of a great experience. One-night stands are are wonderful that's if you want to do them lots of people don't want to do one night stands especially if you connect with sex on an emotional level a one night stand might not necessarily be what you're looking for mm -hmm. you, you might want the emotional yeah. connection you should only ever have sex when you are fully comfortable to do it or you're just really horny yeah and you just I mean, can't that's being comfortable yeah. right <laughs> is it <laughs> just like oh, i don't really fancy you but let's do it anyway <laughs> Um, okay, don't go into sexual experiences expecting an orgasm. If it happens, that's a bonus. I, I know it's quite a subject for women, but yeah. how is it for men? Is is it do you do you ejaculate every time you have sex? No, and actually one of the best sexual encounters I ever had was with a one night stand with I was feeling a little bit desperate. It wasn't somebody <laughs> that I would have usually gone for, but I thought, you know what? Like, it's been a while. We've, we've gone through a dry spell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this anyway. And I actually had this really, really lovely encounter with this person with, uh, as a one-night stand where I just got him off and there was no reciprocation. And I always describe that as one of the best sexual encounters that I've ever had. I don't know why. It just was really, really thoroughly enjoyable. I don't think that the orgasm always has to be seen as the be-all and end-all but at the same time I just want to kind of say that like I think people can be a little bit lazy when it comes to giving women orgasms mm. um so like yeah. yes it does there doesn't have to be an orgasm there but don't just think that like oh the woman that you're sleeping with or, 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 or trans person or whoever it is um don't just 
think, oh, you know, th they're a woman. They they don't they don't them. orgasm. So like we're done here. See you later. Like um, it is it is harder, statistically yeah. harder for women to orgasm. But it's not the right thing to do. Just expecting that they will or they won't. You know, every every person's different. Every set of genitals are completely different. It's the same for men. You can't expect a click of the finger and oh, it's going to be easy to make them come because it isn't. It's different for every single person, mm. no matter gender or sexuality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a really important one, that it's okay to say no. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I remember there's, there's definitely been a few times where I've been unsure because saying no is, is such a grey area because you're, you can also think that you want one thing and say yes at the beginning and change your mind during whatever ever, well, ever experience you're going through. You can say yeah. no at the end and that's when it becomes complicated because... You don't want to hurt the other person's feelings or make the situation awkward or make it into a big deal. And saying no can be such a scary word, but it shouldn't be. It should just be part yeah. of your vocabulary. I, th I think when it comes to consent as well, I think we all have the responsibility to make sure that the other person... I don't know who says this. It might be Hannah Whitten that says this. I'm looking at her. Um, somebody well, has said this to me before, <laughs> where it's like consent is... Um, it sh consent should be... if it, it needs to be absolute minimum of enthusiasm. Yeah, I've ruined that, whatever that <laughs> quote was supposed to be. Um, I butchered it. But, you know, like if somebody is kind of like, if you're going to have sex with somebody and they're very hesitant and they might be saying yes, they might be saying the words yes, they might be mm. saying yes with their body language. But if there's something there, if they, if they don't seem comfortable, if they don't seem like they're enjoying it, I think, you know, taking a step back, like, are, are you okay? Like, do you definitely want to go ahead with that? I think it's really important. You know, consent isn't just about like you both going, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay, yeah. let's go. It's actually supposed to, it should be a conversation. It's, you should be communicating with each other. And com so, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, and that, communication doesn't have to be verbal. Communication can be anything. It can be anything from like a facial expression to body language, reading the other person. If they're, you're right, if they're saying yes, but their body is saying no, ask them if everything's okay. You know, is, are you enjoying this? Yeah. And you can, it doesn't have to be a hard thing to talk about. You can make it fun and easy and have a laugh about it. Uh, you know, make sure that you're all okay with it. Yeah. I think it has, I think it is, you have to be, it has to be an enthusiastic yes. 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 It can't just be a, yeah, I, I, maybe. It's a controversial thing to say, but I would argue that if somebody says, yes, let's have sex, and then they lie there looking incredibly uncomfortable and they're not engaging, mm. then I would say that that isn't consent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you really do need to have a conversation before. I think especially yeah. when you're losing your virginity because it is everyone is quite nervous about it and they might not be like really raring to go. They, everyone just needs to have that conversation about consent before it actually happens. Because we're all supposed to be there for a good time. Yeah, definitely. You know? We should be enthusiastic. We should be excited yeah. for it. I and know I am. Even having like a, a conversation around consent might make them feel more comfortable to saying yes. Mm -hmm. because the option is there yeah. saying that you know if you're not comfortable at this time you can say no and you know that, that just that little moment might be lifted off their mind and they might think oh yeah hell yeah let's go for it yeah and that might be that you might think that that's a given but I think actually saying that out loud you know if you're if you're not comfortable at any time just say and we'll, and we'll stop just that, yeah. you know giving them that option yeah the like option. Say, really really important absolutely sex should always be fun and that kind of wraps up this podcast Hooray. episode. Can't believe it. We're all finished. <laughs> yes. Oh, thanks, guys. You've all been lovely. You all look beautiful today. Thank you so much for coming to see us live. At VidCon especially. Big, big round of applause for our guest, Callum. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. <laughs>
please tell all of our viewers where can they find you? Where can they get all your juicy details? Uh, I mean, if you just search my name on any social media platform, I'll come up. But good luck spelling it. It's Callum with one L, and McSwigan <laughs> is good luck. Do your best. <laughs> Amazing. And you'll be able to hear this on any kind of platform free. All you need to do is search Come Curious or F's Given, but it's got two asterisks in because we're not allowed to say the word but. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Major job. But thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your yeah. day. Please subscribe <laughs> and leave us a review and a rating. And we will hear you soon. See you soon. <laughs> see, <laughs> see you soon. We won't hear you. We'll see you soon. Much love, everyone. Bye. Bye. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.